hello there, I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of Pea Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat, and with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat, and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. I had a really interesting time with a client the other day. I've been working with her for a little while and she's doing very well, but every now and again, it becomes three steps forward and two back. And part of her knows that, but also part of her doesn't want to know that. And part of her would like things to get better, but she not to have to do anything about it. Sound familiar? Haven't we all been there? And anger is her real deep thing. It's been a pillar of strength for her for most of her life. It's served her well, as anger often can, and it's supported her, enabled her to live. Well, not sure about live. I think it would be more like she survived. And she's made a couple of careers for herself, as well as being a super mum. So she's not done badly. It's just she wants to change. She wants things not to be as they've been. And she wants, yes, she really wants to stop being angry all the time at just about everything. And she decided not long ago that that's where she wanted to work. So I set her off with the composting exercises. The idea of the composting is that not that you release your anger, not that you get rid of it or exercise it or anything like that, but that you really do compost it. And it isn't just anger, it works for anything that you need to change. If you do the garden, if you have a compost bin in your garden, you'll start to understand what I mean. You put in the contents of your kitchen caddy, for instance, you know, all the smelly old bits of vegetable and bread and all the rest of the rubbish that's gone in there that will compost. And, you know, when you open the caddy lid, it's sort of a bit, don't want to smell that. And you dump it in the bin. And then you add maybe some grass clippings or some weeds. And hopefully you add a bit of muck. I mean, dung horse or cow dung or something like that, because that really gets it going. And then you maybe add some more stuff. You have to turn it usually because it sort of works at the bottom and then it doesn't work so well in the middle and the top's not really doing anything. So you turn it and you mix it all up again. And maybe you have to add some more cardboard or stuff like that, hard stuff to help it along because it's got too wet or more wet stuff because it's got too dry. So you have to keep working with this compost. Then it gets pretty well right, and you've probably got a whole bin full. So then 
you leave it and you leave it to brew and cook for, I often leave mine for six months. And in that time, it shrinks down and all the bugs and the worms and everything and the beetles and the flies have all got into it. And they're all working it and eating it and chewing it and moving it around and sorting it out. And so after six months, you look in there and you take it out and you look at it. And what have you got? You've got super new earth. Super new stuff to plant seeds in and grow plants in. Now, this is what you can do inside. And this is what I was asking her to do. And she's done work on this before, so it wasn't all brand new. And she started. Well, no, that's not right. She thought she'd started. And as she said, I've been working my ass off here and it's not working. It's all rubbish and shout and scream and rage. And she was really, really furious with me, totally angry. Well, it was directed at me. But as I expect you probably know, the person she was really angry with was herself, that she couldn't make it work. And it's much easier to shout at somebody else than shout at yourself. Tell me about it. Tell all of us about it, eh? And the other problem with that is that anger had become like ingrained in her. It was part of her. And so letting go of it, you know, composting it, transmuting it, changing it was really scary because it wouldn't be there anymore. Oh, she might not. Well, gosh, she might not survive. And that fear was going through her. So again, she didn't do it properly. I'll just say it doesn't work. Much easier. And here she was, with her anger, all stuck inside, and also, and helping to fuel the anger as well, was the fact that she couldn't make the changes to her life that she wanted to do. And really and honestly, the biggest one that was that she, the anger was making her miserable. She didn't like it. It was hurting her. And she's bright enough to know that the various hormones and such like things that happen with when you're angry don't do your digestion and your sleep or anything else much good. And you can be very stressed all the time. So anyway, we had our session. And she was saying to me what she wanted me to do it. I was supposed to fix it and the instructions that I'd given her were all wrong and it was awful and why couldn't I just tell her nice things? Why did I have to say, you're not doing it right? I could. She'd been working so hard, she must have been doing it right. Why was I being so mean to her? If you're a coach, if you're a parent probably, you know about this kind of thing. You know it happens, you know people do it. So there she was, doing it to me. Now, that's absolutely fine. And she was having a right old ding dong with me. And I wasn't making the sweet, compliant, plaintive, nice noises to her. I was saying, no, it's not like that. And she was saying, oh, you're mean to me. You, you hate me. You think I'm a real disappointment. I said, no, you said that. I've not said that. I don't think you're a disappointment. I don't hate you. But you do, you do, you do. So you know the stuff. We all know that stuff. But how can I help her? The thing that I need to do is to be there. 
And I cannot come back at her from a place of anger. I must not do that. It can't matter to me in a personal way. I can't get personally offended by what she says to me. I have to be there. I have to have my boundaries well so that I don't take on any of this stuff and let it get to me so that I have a go at her because that's the last thing she needs is me having a go at her. I call it like being a rock that the waves can beat on, the waves of anger and misery and fear and crying and unhappiness and misery, all of that stuff can beat on and I'm still there. And that being still there is just so important. So there she was and she really did lash herself on me and beat on me like a huge great storm wave. And if anything, I would sort of like help her to keep doing it. It's like on the other side of it when somebody starts to cry and you don't say, oh, don't cry, dear. You say, come on, have a tissue. Let's let it all out. Come bring it up. Let it come. Come on, that's all right. Then you've got to, not with the same words, but you have to help them have the anger right through. And gradually, gradually, she became calmer to a place where she could actually listen to me. And this was the big problem at the beginning. She couldn't hear me. She would not allow herself to hear me. So we got to a place where she could. And she was able to hear the simple instructions that I gave her. Now, she's a lady who loves to be in nature. She has such a strong relationship with the natural world, with the streams and the rocks, as well as the plants and the beautiful trees and everything around her. So I said, go on, go out in your favourite place in nature. Go out there and ask the trees and the rocks and the stream and all the plants to help you, to help you befriend your anger and that was the important thing she needed to make it her friend to love it and not hate it and fight it but love it I said cuddle your anger cuddle the fear and your anger cuddle it like a lost child and when you've got it there close to you and it might be scrabbling and beating like a child will to ask anger what it needs from you. And yes, you can do this. And when you really do it, you will hear an answer come back, even only in your mind, it doesn't have to be words, you will know an answer comes back to you. And you need to tell anger too, that actually you need to change your relationship with anger. Because the way you are at the moment is holding you back. And you both need to change. You both need to change your relationship and grow it. And I gave her the adage that I have been using all my life, and I love it. And that is, you cannot change anything but yourself. But as you change yourself, you'll see the world change around you. And she was able to leave in a reasonable state, at least not beating me up and not wanting to beat me up. And she left. And then the next day, she went and did what I asked. 
she did that thing, go out in nature with the plants and the stream and the trees and the rocks. And then when she came back, she wrote me what happened. She sent me the pages of her journal as to what happened. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And she said, at the beginning of the journey, she said, my journey began with, I need to get out of my own way. And it went on from there. Some of the things she said, I find quite amazing. Fairly quickly, she was saying that what she was getting back from the trees and the plants was, you must drop your defences. So she began to realise anger had been her defence mechanism, her shield, which indeed it is, it's a very good one. And she said, you must drop your, drop your defences. And she had a lovely little image for that, in that she was bending to take photographs of flowers and she's a real mushroom fungus freak. She really knows them too. She's brilliant. And she was bending to take photographs of them. And every time she had to take a photograph, she needed both hands. So she put her staff down, her walking staff, her walking stick down, took the photograph and picked it up again. And these words, you must drop your defences, came through that. And wow, that was amazing and lovely for me. And she went on walking, sitting, going to the lovely places, putting her feet in the stream, putting her back against the lovely rock. And the rock was like saying to her, you've got to leave your feelings of entitlement behind. Leave them behind here. Don't take them with you anymore. Feeling entitled can help fuel anger. And she went on again and again into this. And she was told when she went through the stream and onto the tree, she went, she was told, compare anger and entitlement. Sit down beside me. Think about what anger is and what it feels to you. And think about what entitlement is and what it feels and means to you too. And see them both as something that you wish to change your relationship with. But they're not the same. And don't mix up anger and entitlement. And it was like the tree was saying, this is what you have been doing. Mixing things that don't mix. And again, she walked forward again through it. And she found a place where she could actually embrace her anger. And as she did, it really felt special to her. Tearful, that kind of thing. And she felt that anger needs to be used in a productive way. That anger per se isn't necessarily bad, but it can be used in a good way, a productive way that brings good outcomes and that she would learn as she embraced her anger she would learn to work with it she felt herself hugging anger at that point I teared up too and again and again 
It was embrace the anger, drop the defences. And eventually, as she came back, out of the walk, out of the nature place that she loves, which I've seen pictures of and it's very beautiful, she said, when I start to embrace my anger and let it lead me, it will lead me to my joy. And that was the sort of inspiration, the insight that came to her. And as she allows it to lead her and lead her to her joy, so she will be rewarded over and over and over again. And I thought that was lovely. And she finished her writing piece to me with what she'd been told by the tree. Rewrite your relationship with anger and you will rewrite your whole life. I was stunned. I really was. I I loved it. It was beautiful. And this is one of the reasons why I do this job. When you see a client walking through something and you've seen them in the hard bits of their life, You know, when they're ruled by anger and ruled by fear and ruled by needing their defences up all the time. And then you see them start to, like, grasp the nettle and change that relationship. It was beautiful, as I said. Quite stunning. And I loved it. And I really wanted to share it with you because all of us get angry. I get angry. And there are times when I need to beat myself on a rock. And, you know, I've usually got a friend or my husband who I can beat myself against who will, in a sense, hold me there, but not bow into how I want to be spoken to, how I want to be said, won't give in to me, will make me see myself, will make me embrace the thing that is scaring the hell out of me and that I want to change. We can do that with everything in our lives. This was a particularly poignant one to me, and she's a lovely lady, as I said, this woman. Very lovely. And it being so poignant was part of why I wanted to share it. And some of the things she said were just, like, stunning to me. Absolutely stunning. And I thought, yeah, thank you for giving me those, because... Your clients give you things. They give you things like that last words of hers, which I think I'll leave you with, actually. When you rewrite your relationship with anger, you can rewrite your whole life. I'm going to end there. That's that for me this week. And it's been lovely having you here. Thank you for coming to listen, and I hope that you find it as lovely as I did, and that it's helped you. So, bye-bye for now, and I'll see you next week. Well, thank you for joining our weekly sail on Pea Green Boat. Time to stop now. If you'd like to know more, you can meet me at www.ellensentier.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So let's connect. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
And thank you so much to Wahoo Media, who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.